Ethical disclaimer. While Diana and I are psychologists, we aren't your psychologists. Reverse psychology, while hopefully fun and informative, is not a replacement for therapy. If you're interested in speaking with a therapist, please check out some of the links in our episode description. Also, Diane and I are both deeply passionate about psychology. Common with things you love, we may get frustrated, but at the end of the day, we hold sincere respect for psychology and psychologists. Now, on with the show. That's a fork on a plate. We should do some... Stomp the yard? Yeah, we should stomp the yard. We should do some foley work. We should release an episode of just sound effects for people to use. I'm going to uh, silent my phone. What's that sound like? Silence? Yeah. You just stop. I was trying to d- demonstrate what silence sounded like. Oh, you did it. Yeah, because I feel like in movies, they're like, silence your phone. And then yeah, I can't hear that <laughs> in the audience. So you get nervous. That and I'm like, oh, they happening. didn't silence it. Silence your phone. But with that clicking sound. Wait, what did that sound like? That classic movie line. Silence your phone. Yeah. My, my two favorite lines in movies of all time, silence your phone, hold on to your butts. I've, I've literally never seen a movie that has either of those lines. You've never seen Jurassic Park? Oh, silence your phone. Sir, yeah. Sir Samuel Jackson, right before they go live, he looks to everyone and goes, silence your cell phones. And Jeff Goldman goes, um, what, what, is a, what, is it, what is a cell phone? Yeah, it's too early for cell phones. Yeah, it was like, what, 6.30 a.m.? <laughs> you know what I, I heard is actually on oh wait wait don't tell me i was listening i won't to tell it. you what would what, you hear it on on the show wait wait don't tell me that podcast what's on second that podcast with mm. peter sagel jason sagel's dad often paula poundstone yeah but why is she always on it i what other marketable skills does she have she other has than, her own podcast what's it called poundtown no, it, I don't remember. That's okay. I don't want to plug her podcast. Okay, now I'm... She has a podcast called Reverse Psychology. Check it out. <laughs> Have you ever looked up a picture of Paula Poundstone? Yeah. And, I mean, I've seen her before. I've never deliberately looked up a picture of her. You've seen her in life? I've seen her in life, whereas I was alive watching TV. What was she on? She had like one of those premium blend specials. Oh, okay. Anyways, they were talking about it. There's some research coming out that people are developing a specific pointy back pointy back of the neck because of paula poundstone <laughs> no because like protrude protru- what's the word i'm trying to say protrusion protrusion pointiness is that the word i'm trying to say yeah. protrusion it, there's a, a a syndrome now because of how much we look down at our phones it's the next wave of evolution it's like the oh, evolution yeah Da Vinci, i thought like, you said revolution well it kind of is we're like we were we were beasts in the field and then we slowly got oh, upright. We're going, we're going back down. We're going backwards, which is exciting, though, because... <laughs> we're going back to our, walking that's on why, our hands. That's why early in the morning when I'm really stiff, I just kind of walk dragging my knuckles on the ground, kind of side hop. <laughs> so I'm just trying to get ahead of the game. Did you know that... Um, get good at it before I have to. Evolution is just a theory, Mike. It's true. That's what the textbooks are supposed to say. Yeah, gravity is also a theory. Checks out, though. Yeah, I, I feel like gravity weighs on me extra. I did say that in class the other day. <laughs> you weigh 1.3 pounds for every one pound everyone else weighs? Yeah, it feels like it. I was talking about like the opportunities people have and how just having the opportunity doesn't mean anything. I forgot exactly what I was talking about. It was basically like 
everyone everyone who got drafted into the NBA this year can dunk a basketball, mm. and I can't, and so that's probably the only reason why. And it's only because gravity weighs heavier on on me. <laughs> and everyone just sat in silence staring at me. <laughs> and looking back at my memory, I don't think it was actually even on point. It was just a thought I had, and I was tired. Can you turn your Orioles cup away from? I don't want to look at Manny Machado the whole time. I don't. I don't look at him either. He left. I'm gonna look at the. Can you? I'm just gonna put it on the ground. No, but then the dogs will drink. It. Yeah. You wanna look at Scope? No, I want to see the Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Yeah. There you go. Cool. I'll look at Jonathan Scope because okay. he left and he's got significantly worse. Hey, so I have a funny thing that happened this week. What? I had a funny thing happen just the other day. Yeah, I did. Well, it's it involves our and friends. I'm gonna make it. you laugh in a real big way. Okay, involves our friends making something funny even funnier. I like that preamble. We have rodents in our walls. It's mm-hmm. not the funny part. <laughs> <laughs> we do. It's like a Disney film in the walls. Yeah, it sure Mickey is. Mickey and Minnie and Mickey and Mickey and Mickey and Minnie. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot they were mice. <gasps> you know what I just realized this week? They're mice? No, that Scrooge McDuck. Is a duck. No, listen, Scrooge McDuck and Donald Duck are not related. They're not it's not mo- mother and father they're not mommy and daddy <laughs> they're not son and dad or they're they have different last names yeah one's a mick like one's scottish mcduck I, I know yeah. but didn't you always think they were related no he would do and louis are related to scrooge mcduck they are well who's donald duck's dad D- herbert you don't know that I don't duck know. his last name is duck whoever it is yeah duck duck i can't i always thought that donald duck and scrooge mcduck were related I never thought that they had different last names. You know what else is interesting in that? There's different duck families out there. There are, there, there are multiple duck families. Yeah. Which means there's probably multiple other animal families, which is also interesting. Goofy, no last name given. Does he have a last name? No, I don't think so. Does he have a first name? Goofy. Is he like, he's like, he's like Bono? He's like Madonna. Madonna, Bono, Goofy. <laughs> My favorite one named <laughs> stars. Goofy is a dog, wears clothes. Talks, not well, but talks, has a family, has a movie, Pluto, dog, nude, doesn't talk. <laughs> I feel like Pluto has a, a developmental uh, disability and they are not treating him well. Aww. We need to, we need to go to the news with this. All right. So back to my story. Okay. So our friends Minnie are in comments, <laughs> the, the mice family in our, in our walls. So we've been, you know, having a hard time sleeping sometimes because we can hear them in our walls. Yeah. You know what I've been trying to do? What? In the morning, I just put small pieces of cheese in my clothes and my body because <laughs> I'm trying to train these mice to dress me like it's uh, <laughs> Snow White. But the they just stand bird, there singing. No, the birds dressed her, not the mice. I know, but these mice aren't... <laughs> but I, I'm playing the hand I'm dealt. I'm standing there completely nude in the office going, ah, waiting for these mice to dress me. And they, they're getting it, but they cannot tie a tie. They're also having a hard time getting out of the walls. Yeah, Luckily these, for us. These mice are fucking stupid. They're, I think they're going to answer those calls. You can probably hear us right now. They're so bummed I up. know. They're like, these fuckers. What more do they want from us? Yeah. We, we bite on the walls. So, okay. So the pest guy came out and was like, you have so many holes in your attic and your floor yeah like we like the breeze yeah so we need to spend like twelve hundred dollars to get all of our shit patched up oh we didn't ask you here to talk about the holes we're asking you here to talk about how the mice are getting in yeah so we have mice in the walls i was talking to our friend phil about it i don't remember how it came up but 
we decided that the next pest guy that comes out, we're going to ask him if he can tell if it's a mogwai or not in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Is that from like gremlins? Yeah. Yeah. And then if so, we have to be really careful that they don't get wet because then they multiply. Yeah. And we can't leave out any food after midnight. Yeah. Well, that's... Well, so we were talking about... No, no. Yeah. After midnight. But the, No, after dark? After midnight. After midnight. But there's no rule on when they can eat again. That's exactly the point. And I said, it's when the sun comes up, probably. But then we started talking about what time zone. And then we came up with PMT, Pacific Mogwai time. Mm. That's the that's what they're all on. Yeah. It doesn't matter where they are in the world. So anyways. Anyways, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Cool. I think we should ask the guy that coming this morning if he can tell if they're Mogwais or not. I'm going to ask him if he can tell if they're a mommy or a daddy mouse. Well, apparently what I learned is that... It's bad. The daddy has the penis. <laughs> the last time we had a person out here for like anything, they were walking. Like, oh, it was when the termite guy was here and he was pointing out very obvious stuff. He's like, do you see these wings on the sill? Those are from termites. And I, was, I wanted to like, I kept being like, I, yeah, I get it. I get it. And I kept trying to like answer what he was going to say before he said it, just to be like, I, you're, I'm not a moron. But I think it'd be really funny if when this pest guy comes and I just like drop facts that are clearly inaccurate it's like yeah so um from what i've heard is that these all mice are females until they get wet uh just any like nonsensical so the guy just thinks that i'm like the dumbest person in the world he's like it'll be ten thousand dollars to yeah. work on your house that seems fair yeah <laughs> it seems fair it'd be funny if the guy comes in and there's a giant cartoonish like mouse hole cut into the bottom with a mouse trap and a big cartoonish piece of cheese <laughs> like, this is, hey by the way reverse psychology of the podcast welcome to reverse psychology of the podcast yeah. the one and only podcast where we trick you into thinking we're going to talk about psychology yeah. but we talk about how we're gonna really get bummed out by a mouse guy so apparently what i learned just really quick and then we can move on yeah is that mice are not only a nuisance and at, like in the walls, right? Because I yeah. was like, okay, well, we have mice in the walls. Like that, it's gross, but like at least they're not like crawling around in our house. Like we haven't seen any mice droppings, whatever. First I learned, A, mice can get in. Mice, rats, whatever. Vermin. Is that what it is? Vermin? Yeah. Oh, also we Vern have a Troy. skeleton under our house. What? I. That's how I reacted until he was like, it's a probably a possum. I was like, you don't, you don't lead with there's a skeleton because I definitely went to human. Yeah, I did do immediately. Yeah. Well, also because there's so much like I was in the yard doing work uh, yesterday evening and I had to like dig a bunch and I was finding like like very deeply buried stuff. Yeah. And so I was also very afraid that I was going to come across like a human skull. So yeah. when you said that, I was like, did John Wayne Gacy lose you live here? Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, also I, you know, listen to my favorite murder a lot and mm -hmm. like there's constantly yeah. situations where people are coming across bodies, like digging things up and like, yeah. oh, here's a human femur. Yeah, that's why I used to watch Law and Order a lot. And every episode starts with a runner. Dun dun. Yeah, the dun dun. And a runner talking out loud about something general and then stumbling across <laughs> a murder or a rape victim, which makes me really worried to run alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. I found another rape. <laughs> Wait, an active rape? <laughs> god damn it i just jogged into an active rape gotta fight this one off again i need to change my route it's not funny it's not funny it's i'm not I, making, it'd be funnier I'm really not if, making light of it it'd be funny if it was an active murder i did i did drive past get, someone actively going to the bathroom in a plastic bag <laughs> the other day not a pee 
That was a poop. Someone was <laughs> pooping into a plastic bag while I was driving to work the other day. Finish your story. Okay. So A, any vermin? Is that the right word? Yeah. Vern Troyer. What? Vermin. Vern woman. I don't want to be man-centric. Vern person? Any Vern person. <laughs> Can we use that phrase? That just like, really hit me. The, the pest guys here? <laughs> so how first. many Vern person do you think are in the walls right now? <laughs> How many you have to be people first though? How person many burns. <laughs> person with Vern? How many persons with Vern do you think are the <laughs> Yeah, the guy's gonna leave without doing anything for us. He's gonna think we're just so stupid. Yeah, he's gonna think he's unpunked. <laughs> okay. It's like did I become famous by accident? Okay, I can't even move on. Um So what did you learn about Verm person with Verm can get in a dime size hole, which is gross. Like they can like Yeah, dimes are small. They, yeah, they can like collapse their vertebrae, vertebrae yeah. enough to like squeeze in. So basically, if you have a house, you're screwed because getting all those things closed up is like really hard. The second thing I learned is like that when the mice are in the walls, it's not only a nuisance and like a noise gr- gross thing. Yeah. It's also like they can eat through wires. They yeah. can eat through like your air ducts for your AC. I mean, it's like all kinds of problematic for yeah, other They're reasons. not nice guests. Pests. Not guests. Yeah. Good one. Thanks. I got that. I'm making it into a bumper sticker. <laughs> it's my, my anti-vermin campaign. Person with verm. Person with verm campaign. I'm raising awareness and let's get them out of here. All right. Let's move on to psychology. Welcome I got, to reverse psychology. I literally have like 30 minutes to do this. Okay. I feel like whenever it's my, my topic. I know. I'm sorry. You always it's, cut it super short. Well, we can we can record later. Okay. If you, well, if let's we, start it at least. Okay. Do you want to hear the topic of the day? Yeah, I do. I saw a picture that you posted, so. Yeah. Yeah. George Bush reading. Yep. To kids. Do you remember when that happened? When I, George, d- I sure do. When George Bush was reading and he was holding the book upside down? I sure do. <laughs> yeah, I do. That was September 11th, 2001. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we'll go back to the picture in a second. Yeah. But so the Democratic debates happened this past week, mm-hmm. which were awesome. And this is actually what really inspired me to to do this topic because it's something that's always been really interesting to me. And it's something that happened to me Thursday. So the, the the debate happened among, this isn't going to be one of those shows where we just go over the debate, but my favorite part of it was when there was an escalating amount of people that started speaking Spanish. I agree. And it crescendoed with Cory Booker just being like, Art me gusta. Yeah, Ta- it was real it bad. Was, like, I don't speak, I know speaker. <laughs> and it, I was like, oh, this, this sounds bad. And also his face was just getting like beat red like he was like struggling through the words i like how you when that happened you whipped your head around to me to watch my reaction about how bad the spanish was yeah you're my gauge yeah it was bad it was bad so then i was talking to people about it the next day at work because like no one at work was talking about it well no one at work had watched the the debates and so i was like yeah so castro spoke in spanish and then it was beto and i kind of went through how i kept getting worse and worse and worse and then that evening the kind of unrelated you were like did you know that castro doesn't speak spanish and i was like no he spoke spanish last night and you were like no he didn't and then we like went back and he he hadn't but my memory was so clear that he did. And then it really reminded me of this whole line of research about false memories, especially as it relates to politics. Mm. And so I wanted to talk about one study that Slate did, and then it was redone by a psych lab about how easy it is for our memories to be false. That's really exciting. I will say... <laughs> Tell that to your tone. Yeah, I will say that Castro doesn't speak Spanish, but he can pronounce the shit 
out of names. Yeah, he's like he said so, Oscar. He said it like three times because that guy's name who drowned it sadly, very sadly drowned yeah. in the river trying to with his daughter trying to cross into the US. And he kept saying Oscar. It is a tragedy at the border when Oscar is <laughs> like not good. And I went I went to the town and Juanita, she spoke. Yeah, he he hits Yeah, so I think he clearly grew up in like some sort of like Spanish. He's aware of Spanish. He reminds me of the friend that you go to the Olive Garden with, and then they just (laughs) they pronounce the fuck out of the words. When's the last time you went to Olive Garden? High school. But they'd be like, yeah, I'm going to have some of the mercade. Uh, or people How who, are your uh, breadsticks? <laughs> or people who are from like New Jersey, New York, Long Island. They say things like bruschette, bruschette. Uh, like, my mom. It's clearly like bruschetta. Yeah. She makes the antipasto. They, they like lose interest halfway through the words. Yeah. Hey, give me some more of that spaghetti. <laughs> All right. Let's meat be. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so this study, this is by Frenda Knowles, Sultan, and Loftus. So Loftus oh, is, yeah, is Loftus. like the big memory person. There was an episode of This American Life pretty recently. Oh no, wait, was it This American Life or Radiolab? Man, think, you're just dropping all sorts I know, of things. Ra- I think it was Radiolab. You should listen to it because okay. it involves what may have been false memories. Um, this woman who was in foster care growing up, she saw a psychologist and they went through whether or not she was abused and da da da. Then there's like records of things. Yeah. So Elizabeth Loftus became involved because she heard about the case. It was like a national case. And she ended up getting sued by Wait, Loftus. Yeah. Loftus mm. by the woman who was like, stay out of my business. Like yeah. because Loftus took it and ran with it. And without this woman's consent, basically was like, she, Loftus was like, I'm going to do some digging and I'm going to report on this. It's so fascinating because yeah. she's paint she's, in that story. She did not come across as like very, no, she's, she's wildly, she's ruthless. She's ruthless, but she's also wildly wealthy because so she, she was like the first person to really study false memories Mm -hmm. and so she would do really cool studies like have all these people come in to her lab and everyone individually would be shown a video of a car accident Mm -hmm. and then she'd be like your mom was in that car that'd be fucked up they would watch it and then she would have them guess how fast one of the cars was moving Mm -hmm. and in one group it would say how fast was the blue car going upon like upon impact then group two would be like how fast was the blue car moving when it crashed into mm-hmm. the other car and then it'd be how fast was the blue car moving when it smashed into the other mm-hmm. car and just changing the word the way people recalled the speed would go up and up and up yeah. and so she does all these other studies but it got to this point where she was the person doing yeah. these false memory studies so then she essentially stopped doing as much research and she's just like an expert witness and ted talker she gets paid like thousands to just go to court Mm -hmm. and if there's any eyewitness testimony and they could afford her Mm -hmm. she just goes in and she's like she destroys it eyewitness testimony is bullshit like that's her thing but yeah she's a little ruthless and she's super wealthy yeah i mean i'd love to meet her but podcast is sponsored by elizabeth loftus (laughs) (laughs) you got a memory you don't like call loftus she'll tell you it's false In 2010, Slate did this large study. So it wasn't really an experiment at this point, but they were they were doing an article on false memories in politics. Mm. And so what they did was they they contacted it's it was one of the largest studies on it. So they contacted it's like 5,000 people and they asked them to read five unrelated news stories that came with a picture. And within it, one of the five were false. 
Hmm. And the the picture was doctored. And then they asked them, do you remember seeing this happen? So is this in person or? This is online. Oh, online. Yeah. So this was, they were... They were going to do a story in 2010. Well, they did do a story in 2010, just how false narratives and politics mm-hmm. keep going. Mm-hmm. And so in the lead up, they they emailed people that were subscribed to the online version. Oh, cool. Like, hey, these are five articles we've run in the past. Mm-hmm. And then of the five, one of them was fake, like a fake story. Mm-hmm. And then with it with a fake picture. Okay. I want to say two things about this. It's really okay. interesting. Thing one. Thing one. The, the is, thing I'm saying is interesting or what you're going to say is interesting? Well, I mean, all of it. Okay, cool. One, 5,000 people is a really large sample size. So good on them. Usually when we do like survey studies. Yeah, they did 5,269. That's, whoa, that's great. Yeah, it was the largest false memory study at that time. Okay. So usually when we do survey studies, we maybe get like 400 people. And that's really tough because it's hard to generalize those findings. 5,000 plus is great. But then also what's interesting about it is you have like a selection bias because they're slate readers. Mm -hmm. So it would be hard to generalize this to non-slate readers. Right. So you already have a sample of convenience. Yeah. So it's a convenience sample. And for their purposes, it made sense because they were writing. Yeah. It wasn't for research as much as it was to make a point about the article they're about to do. Okay. But then these researchers took that data and they replicated it in the lab to then see if can we have the same finding when they're not non-slate readers. Cool. And so basically what they're really looking at is just false memories. A couple key points about false memories. They're much more prominent when they're emotionally laden. So Mm -hmm. there's this whole idea where if we have these emotionally driven things, Often our brains will take that as like, oh, this must be real because I'm feeling something. But isn't that true in general in terms of memory? Like if, it, if there's an emotion attached to it, you're more likely to remember it in general. If I tell you a story about something that happened to you when you were a kid mm-hmm. and it's make, it makes you feel upset, I could be making up the entire story or... Mm-hmm. But you're more likely to be like, I remember that happening mm-hmm. b- because you feel it now. And so your brain has an e- basically the easier time your brain has to imagine it happening, mm-hmm. the more believable that story feels. Mm-hmm. They, they go over a bunch of different version of, versions of these studies where they basically in the in a lab setting have parents <laughs> tell their kids like, oh, this happened when you were a kid. And then they ask people how much do they remember it. Over half of the people, half the time will be like, yeah, I, d- I remember that happening, even though it's a falsified memory. So I just wanted to go over this, what they did experimentally. Okay. But going back to the Bush picture, the Bush picture I posted is actually false. So he wasn't holding the book upside down. But that's the big narrative is Bush not only was reading during the 9-11 thing, but the book was upside down, making him look even dumber. And so Mm -hmm. it's like it was a really popular thing where people will say, like, I remember seeing Mm -hmm. that he's an idiot, which has a big thing to do with why they're replication study what they did they gave people a number of real stories mm-hmm. uh so they gave them three they gave them a news story about the terry Shivo controversy from oh, 05 yeah 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 uh, so that was doctor assisted suicide story yeah yeah she, she was on life support yeah. she was vegetative do you know that vegetative state is actually like an offensive term to vegetables i'm gonna look it up but keep going okay true story two: the bush victory so they talked about Bush winning Florida and then um, essentially a picture of Jeb Bush and uh, the Florida Secretary of State, Catherine Harris, 
together doing the recount. And then uh, Powell's Iraq speech, uh, 2003, Colin Powell presented the evidence that was later discredited of, about the WMDs in Iraq. And so those are the three stories they showed to see if people could remember them. Mm-hmm. And then people were given one of these false memories. Uh, one was Joe uh, Lieberman's impeachment vote. And so they... There's a picture of Joe Lieberman with the caption that he was voting against Bill Clinton. So he was leaving the party to say Bill Clinton should be held accountable. And then there was also a picture in the background of the votes showing that Bill Clinton was like the the impeachment vote was going through. In fact, Joe Lieberman voted not guilty. Uh, The other one, uh, the Cheney, John Edwards argument. And so they showed a picture of Cheney and Edwards with the caption October 5th, 2004, during a debate. Dick Cheney rebukes John Edwards for bringing up the uh, sexual orientation of Cheney's daughter because Cheney's daughter is a lesbian. Mm -hmm. Uh, In reality, it was the moderator that brought it up. And Joel Lieberman congratulated Cheney for being so accepting and warm to his daughter, regardless of her orientation. Hmm. Story three was attack ad by Clinton. So they showed an attack ad against Obama, bringing up a Reverend Jeremiah Wright, who's like a pretty radicalized reverend and essentially they showed the same article, the same attack ad, but on one of them, it was the accurate association with a Republican Party group. And then another one, they took the Republican Party logo out and put the Clinton logo in. And mm-hmm. they asked people, do you remember when Clinton attacked Obama for this? Hmm. And then the last one was George Bush's Hurricane Katrina vacation, which basically said that during Hurricane Katrina, I remember he was at his ranch mm-hmm. with, with Astros pitcher Roger Clemens and mm-hmm. they showed him a picture of Bush in a truck with Roger Clemens. I'll post these pictures online, but these are all the doctored pictures. I just wanted to give them to you. So the goal is for them to identify which one happened? No, so up front they don't know there's that uh, one of those pictures is going to be fake. So they're they're shown all of them as if they're all real. Okay. And they're asked how well do you remember this happening? And do you remember hearing this? And do you remember seeing this? Hmm. And then a- afterwards, they a- they said, okay, one of those is false. Can you guess which one is false? Hmm. So the results, 82% of people could remember the true events. So that's good. People, mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. remember generally. For the false ones, half the people reported remembering the false events. And of those, another half rem- like very confidently said they saw it. So about a quarter of the sample said, not only do I remember that, I was there. I watched that happen. Mm. Uh, so that's a pretty large amount of 5,000 people. Hmm. The one that uh, had the strongest false memory effect was the H- Hillary Clinton attack ad where people... Ha- they- oh, that makes a lot of sense because people hate Hillary yeah. Clinton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And then the one that had the least one was the the Bush vacation one. They were like... plus. As an aside, I kind of a, a criticism of the study. I'll post the picture, but the picture is the worst job of like using Photoshop mm. because Roger Clemens looks like a giant in the truck. It's like it's like a very unbelievable picture. Mm. Whereas the other ones, they look very believable. They also ask people, and this is g- exactly what you're saying. They gave people the opportunity to write the responses. Mm-hmm. I love this part of the article because they said many participants either declined to elaborate. Or the, the brevity of the comments made it difficult to interpret the nature of their memories. E.g., what a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Someone asked, why do you remember this? People would just be like, that guy's a dick. Well, that's really interesting because often that is what we remember or how we process information about certain people. Like, I'm not a Trump fan at all. Mm-hmm. I'm the opposite what? of a Trump fan. Yeah. And I think, well, okay. So the narrative around Bush, W., 
W was that he was really stupid. Yeah. Right. And so that was a perpetuated, like people would just filter everything through. That oh, lens. He's so stupid. And I had a friend who like posited that that actually may have been perpetuated by the Bush administration because he got away with so much behind the scenes because people didn't give him a lot of credit. Yeah, they thought he was too dumb to yeah. be sneaky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and so... He was the, the Jar Jar Binks of politics. <laughs> so back to Trump, like, I filter everything he says through, like, this lens of, oh, he's so awful. He's such a terrible person. And so I would be much more likely to believe a picture of like him doing something awful because I think he's a terrible person. Yes, absolutely. That's actually the strongest theory of why this happens. Oh, I'm so smart. I didn't even read these articles. The associative activation theory. I want to say before you get there though. Yeah. So yes, vegetative state is a pejorative term. Oops. Yep. So this is a NIH study. So they say the term persistent vegetative state, PVS, refers to the only circumstance in which an apparent dissociation of both components of consciousness is found, characterized by preservation of wakefulness with an apparent loss of awareness. So anyways, they go on to talk about when you're in a vegetative state, it relates to the family and loved ones that there's no chance that they're going to be a human being again and that there's no hope of recovery and the european task force on disorders of consciousness recently proposed a new term unresponsive wakefulness syndrome to assist society in avoiding the depreciatory term vegetative state so this group has embraced the use of this new term unresponsive wakefulness syndrome uws at which it might be also called minimally aware minimally aware wakefulness state. Medical terms must be current and avoid any pejorative description of patients, which will promote our ability to serve humankind and challenge neuroscientists to offer society new and realistic hopes for neuro rehabilitation. So it's, isn't that cool? Yeah. So we shouldn't refer to people as a veget in a vegetative state because it's not a an accurate description Yeah. and B families lose hope over so it. So we should refer to them as consciousness challenged minimally minimally minimally, minimally awake. responsive wakefulness state okay m m r m r w s it rolls right off the tongue yeah oh she was in a car accident she has mers. i i thought that was super cool it so was so just going educating thank you yeah, just educating you so going back to this uh the other th type of response people would give this was one i highlighted where a person wrote i was a john edwards supporter from the beginning but i cringed when he brought this up mm. and that kind of goes back to that idea of if we have an emotional reaction it's easier to find a believable mm -hmm. because if you like someone and then you're seeing a picture where it's like oh john edwards challenged dick cheney because his daughter's a lesbian mm. you're like oh that's not that's not that doesn't feel right mm-hmm it never happened, but because they felt that reaction, it was easier for them to be like, oh, yeah, I do. Like, that's not right. I feel a little cringy. That must have happened. One additional thing that they did that was interesting was looking by political party, if you were oh, conservative yeah. or liberal. Wait, can I guess? Yeah. So did they say like one is more likely to believe something so based on emotions? They looked at two things. Mm -hmm. They looked at across the board is one political orientation more likely mm -hmm. than the other to fall for false memories? Mm -hmm. And then they found by story was one party more or less likely. Oh, across the board and then by story. Yeah. I can feel myself filtering it through my like disdain. For conservatives. So I would say across the board, 
conservatives. Okay. Story specific liberals. Okay. Did I get it wrong? Um, not specifically. <laughs> okay. So what they found was that in general, there was no difference. Oh. So like when you look at... Cause the so, null hypothesis. Yeah. So basically there's no, there's no difference when you glommed all the stories together. We were equally as likely as conservatives. We. I, I'm, I'm we. associating us with being very... We speak for all liberals. We speak for liberals. The two stories that had the biggest difference mm-hmm. between parties were the Bush vacation and the Obama handshake one. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the Obama shaking hands with a, a, a radical or a reverend. Liberals were much more likely than conservatives to, to remember the event of the Bush vacation, whereas conservatives were much more likely to remember the Obama handshake That one. makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So, so as, and essentially, I found another study, which I'm not going to go into, but it's basically the same thing where if the memory is false, but it fits with your, your narrative, sure. you're, it's going to be easier to fit into it. Whereas if it doesn't fit with it, it's harder for you. I feel myself doing that all the time, even though I'm yeah. aware of it. I am constantly like emotionally drawn into stories about events. Yeah. Right. So I totally interpret things based on how I feel about the person. Like I was just saying this before. It's, it's so great. Our brain is constantly tricking us. Well, even with the, this is like a very not, if anything, it was like a, in a positive way, but even with the the Castro thing where I falsely remembered him speaking Mm. Spanish too that night, because it just makes sense. Like, like we were joking about like he drops these words or these pronunciations that fit he looks like someone that would speak spanish not to like be racist but like he's the name where he's from his whole narrative as a politician Mm -hmm. where oh people spoke spanish someone's name is castro and he's from texas and he's the child of immigrants and blah 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 oh yeah he must have been one of the people that spoke spanish easier for me to remember it that way one of the reasons why it's called the associative activation idea so it's just called associative activation, which is basically the processing of one concept. Mm-hmm. So I, the word bed will lead to the spread of an activation of, of associated concepts. Mm. So our, to be fast, our brains, whenever we start talking about one thing, it'll like lightly light up other parts of our brain mm-hmm. that could be related. That way, if, if I say bed, you're like, I'm primed. You're, you're primed and ready to go to yep. the next topic. So you're, it's, you're not as cumbersome. It leads to the immediate spread and activation of related concepts to one's knowledge. So like night, moon, blanket. Specifically, the activation of one concept will activate the related concepts. And these incorrectly activated concepts, so sleep in as much as they were not presented that word, may be falsely remembered that you actually saw or heard it. So all that, what all that means is that you have a concept. And so I give you like Bush and you have all these things about Bush and stuff that Bush did. Mm -hmm. And within it, you have that concept of like, oh, Bush is dumb. Like Mm -hmm. that's part of it. Mm -hmm. And then you're given this false memory that fits within that structure of it. It's going to be easier because your brain already is primed for that. So Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, this fits with my knowledge of it. So this is true. Whereas if I showed you a picture of like, (laughs) if I was like, remember that time that George Bush, like on TV, just ate a live rat? (laughs) You don't have that in your structure of like, oh, he like ate raw animals. And so you're like, I don't think that happened. Yeah, it doesn't fit. Yeah, exactly. And so this is like the the idea. And the, the, the article goes way more in depth. But for the sake of this, it's just that we have a structure of knowledge Mm -hmm. around ideas and we are more uh, susceptible to falling for false memories if the thing fits within our structure. Like with Trump, like we have these ideas like he is very callous. He's a liar. He does this and that. And so if someone told me like, do you remember like last week when Trump lied about 
like he can run faster than a car. Sure. I would, I'm even, even though I know I just made that up, I felt like deep in my chest, like, yeah, I definitely remember him saying that. Yeah. Because. Well, I think there's a couple of things that come up for me around this. And I do think that we should continue false memories maybe next time because yeah, there's it's a whole thing in so therapy about interesting. It. Yeah. I'll see the rest of this, this stuff for next time too. Yeah. So the, what it came up for me though, around like we create this narrative and then things fit or not like this whole idea of like, what is truth and what isn't truth. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who already has cognitive distortions. So what that means is you believe something about yourself. Like I'm a bad person, let's say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the logic is not internally completely sound. So like with that, like that's too broad. Right. But even still, I'm a bad person. You're going to interpret events like you're already primed to think that way. Yes. That I'm a bad person. When you're like observing things happen to you, it's much easier to go through that framework. Oh, this is happening because I'm like terrible person. This is a preview for what we'll talk about next week. Okay. But so let's say you have, let's say you have that knowledge about yourself. Like I am a bad person. Bad things happen to me mm-hmm. because it's my fault. And then if you're in therapy and the therapist is looking for what happened early on and the therapist is like, well, do you think that maybe like, I don't know, maybe you did something and your parents said specifically, this is your fault. Mm. If you have that knowledge around you of like bad things happen and it's my fault already. And then someone kind of slips you that idea. It's very, very easy. Yeah. To then say, yeah. I remember my parents said that to me. And yeah. this is like, this happens a lot in therapy where there's the high risk of false memories, sure. um, which we'll talk way more about because there's a lot of clinical stuff related to Which is to really it. scary because it's really easy for someone to suggest something mm-hmm. that didn't actually happen that becomes a part of your narrative. And it's not malicious. It's not like, no. it's just, it's a, it's like. It's the, the, the helping hand strikes again. It's like, I want to help you. Right. And I feel like this, there's something there. Let's continue talking about it. I yeah. think this is Next really... Next week, let's talk about this in therapy, but I'll also bring up some like really popular cases where this happened. Because there's, there's a couple of really big stories in the field where really clearly false memories were deliberately implanted. Not mm-hmm. deliberately, but like actually implanted. And we can kind of look at that. Like when I was abducted by UFOs? Well, that happened. Oh. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I always forget if it was a real or fake. Yeah. I think it's worse when I think my real memories are fake. I'm like, thank God... It's a fake memory that I said that dumb thing yesterday. It's like a fun game. You know how we play, was that a real or fake memory around here? Like, Yeah. Did that happen? Yeah. So We also play a game called, did you just fart? (laughs) (laughs) When people are like, oh, you're two psychologists who are in a relationship. That must be really crazy. The conversations you guys have and like always like analyzing each other. And I'm usually like, no, it's usually like who farted. Yeah. I That's had a really the kind of the, the nature of a lot of our conversations. Yeah. I had a really great interaction at work yesterday where I was in the hallway. I had my coffee mug that was full of water and a, a, this nurse walked by and, and she had told like she had told me last week that she was going out on a date and then I like never checked back in with her. And so she walked by and I was like, oh, hey, how, how was your date? Just, you know, general conversation. Mm-hmm. And she starts like she gets beat red and starts laughing really hysterically. Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK. And I just like slowly starts drinking my water because I was really thirsty. And she's like just starts like spewing all this like stuff and just like rambling and laughing. And she's like, Oh, I'm, I can feel myself getting red. I'm getting so uncomfortable. Like you're clearly analyzing me right now. Then another nurse came up and was like, Oh, doctor's always, always analyzing both of us. And, and but then she starts like divulging random shit too. And so they're both like, 
spewing details and they were like i know he must have a a file on everyone here and i was like i have said zero words in the past 10 minutes so then i just like walked away and i could still hear them talking and i was like this is a weird interaction hmm. so that their assumption that i'm analyzing them make, makes them give me a lot of details i'm like never analyzing anyone ever by the way unless i'm getting paid for it yeah and even I, then i'm like I'm just out in the world to be like a normal person. Like I'm not trying to dig into what's going on with you yeah. under the surface. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. And I it's not even a good place for us to come from because when you're friends with someone and they're just talking to you, you you're not in a situation where they're telling you things like they would in therapy. Yeah. So I'm not like trying to diagnose or think about what's going on deeper i'm just taking it at the surface of like this is yeah. experience. And usually that's the more meaningful thing anyways right just being yeah. it's being aware mm-hmm. yeah so anyways takeaways from this episode if our emotions get activated we're much more likely to fall for false memories mm-hmm. if they fit with our existing narrative mm-hmm. and it, it happens it happens a lot we mm-hmm. fall for it and it's a matter of just being aware mm-hmm. and i think that being aware that it happens will hopefully make it more likely that if you get caught up in a false memory, you can walk away from it. Or you might ha- be more cognizant that it might not be what I, happened. Exactly. Exactly. Because I think the risk is if we don't, if we're not aware of how often this does happen and that it's just like a human thing, I think that I, I mean, you see a lot where people will really double down on it where mm-hmm. it's like, oh. And that creates its own, like we can talk more about so that. It's a conspiracy but like, theory. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's like when you double down on something. KFC you, double down? Is that a thing? Yeah, it's like instead of bread, it's two fried chickens with like stuff in the middle. What's it called? When is that a is a double down also something in poker? No, blackjack. Yeah, you double down. Right? Yeah, you split your cards and you get. Did, I think so. It's yeah, like, yeah. But I'm not a gambling man. When you double down, you you took a r- risk on me. Gamble. Hey oh. Oh, it wasn't a gamble. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. It was a sure thing. Yeah, it was like buying a, um, like. I'm trying to think what's what's like the a CD. It's like a really safe investment. Is it? It well, remember after the first time we hooked up, we high fived. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was like, uh, was this, what is it? Yeah, under a streetlight. Yeah, all right. We but, didn't hook up under a streetlight, but while I was walking you to your car like a gentleman, yeah, we high fived each other. Yeah, and then he said, "All right, buddy, see ya." <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you, what was gonna happen from there. <laughs> you ended it like we were two construction workers just walking home from a job. They're like, "All right, buddy." <laughs> see ya you tossed your I think steel. I was just nervous about where it was gonna go from there so I was like Aww. this will this will just yeah be a it, it's either gonna be like something he like this remembers is st- and is a deal yeah. sealer or a d- deal ender I walked away thinking this is either something that she and I will talk about on our podcast <laughs> or this will be something that I talk about on an unrelated podcast <laughs> either way Either way, I'm talking, podcast. either way, it's going on a podcast. Uh, other takeaways. Mickey and Minnie Mouse. Are both mice. Are Scrooge McDuck and Donald Duck are not related. Yeah, unlikely. They might be. Well, because they, they might be like second cousins. Probably. We're, who are Huey, Dewey, and Louie? They're the nephews. nephews of Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Scrooge McDuck. Was he the one that would dive headfirst into a pile oh, of yeah. coins? He would. You would break your fucking neck. Yeah, you would. Yeah. He acts like it's a swimming pool. I know. What Comes an idiot. Comes right up. Yeah. Spits out the coins. Yeah. That's dirty. Yeah. Yeah. He was all kinds of dirty. Yeah. I wonder how many, 
like wealthy millionaires have died diving headfirst into a pile of coins. DuckTales. Woo! Is that what that is? Mm -hmm. Scrooge McDuck was the star of DuckTales. He would do in lieu of the stars. No, Scrooge McDuck was definitely the star. I think also that really chest jacked bird. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, I had such a vivid recollection as you said that. I thought you were going to say I had such a crush. I had such a crush on the chest jacked duck from DuckTales. You know who I did have a really big crush on though growing up? The fox from Robin Hood? No. That's actually a really common thing where people like have erotic feelings towards the fox from Robin Hood. Really? Who was the little kid on Different Strokes? What'd you talk about? Oh. um. What'd you talk about, Lewis? Lewis? Willis. Willis. Man, did you? <laughs> I thought when I was little, like I had such a crush on him. Oh, um, I had such a crush uh, on him. Gary Coleman, Arnold yes. Jackson. Arnold. Gary how old Coleman. do you think? How... He still looks like the same person. <laughs> Have you seen a picture of him recently? He looks exactly the same. He looks like a kid that never grew up. Well, I mean, currently he looks like a skeleton because he died nine years ago. <laughs> He looks exactly the same. <laughs> All bony and shit. <laughs> Launchpad McQuack. Who's that? The oh pilot. Launchpad. <laughs> Launchpad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I gotta go. All right. All right. I love you. I love you. Bye. Speaking of sponsorships, we don't have any, but we love our five-star ratings on iTunes. Mm -hmm. We have nine, which is like phenomenal. I'm so, I'm pleased as punch. And I- For two people that never review anything, we know how difficult it is to review something. Yeah. And I actually jumped on because I, this morning I was like, I need to see how to do this because I've never reviewed any podcast. If you go to iTunes and you find our podcast and you click on it, you can rate it. If you want to also leave a message or like something, say something, um, that would be wonderful yeah, too. Yeah, if you see something, say something. I have to say, I don't know who this person is, but they come up as TT77883. So uh, thank you. I think it's a Terminator. Whoever that is, TT77883. Um, Quite a nickname. <laughs> yeah, so says in in the comments at, and this is not either of us i don't think is this you no it's not me okay well um, then is, is it one of the dogs <laughs> probably yeah tt77883 says as a psychologist this is the podcast i've been waiting for the real deal with two smart people answering the psych questions we need to know literally the only podcast i listen to i mean if that doesn't warm your heart yeah thank you so much thank you tt tt Jump on there if you guys like us. Rate us. Say something. We'll read your name. Yeah, or your nickname. Or your nickname and your comment. Yeah, if you give us five stars, literally whatever you write in the comments, we will read. (laughs) I promise that. So thank you. Hop on, five star it, say whatever you want. I will read it. Okay. And it'll be fun. That's a challenge.